Welcome to A Walk In My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, McKinney Smith. Hello, Faith Walkers. Thank you for joining us. The purpose of this show is to inspire you to walk in your greatness. We have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their stilettos. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding. But as a mindset coach, what inspires me more is their backstory and their mindset on how they got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Samantha Clark. She's a lawyer, an award-winning international photographer. Samantha's portfolio boasts over 75 publications since 2011 in prestigious media outlets, including Ebony Magazine, Essence, Wedlocks, Martha Stewart Weddings, Samantha's practice, employment and disability law in Toronto, and also makes it her mission to mentor and educate within the creative community through workshops and coaching. Please welcome to the show, Samantha Clark. Thank you so much, Makini. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing to come on and to share your story with us. No problem. I'm so excited. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I love to start the show with an icebreaker question because as women, especially women entrepreneurs, we have so many different titles that we go by. And I feel like a title that means a lot that isn't given enough credit is our name because it has a meaning. It comes from somewhere. And when people are calling us our name throughout the day, they're basically declaring the meaning of it over and over and over again over our lives. So I like to ask women, do you know what your name means? So my first question to you, Samantha, is do you know what your name means? I think there's a biblical relation to it. I know my mom... Mm -hmm was inspired by the story of Samson and his strength. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I don't know the exact meaning, but I know that there's strength in there, at least from my mother's point of view, there was something in there about strength, but I'm not sure exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I know that many names, you know, have different meanings in different languages. But when I looked up Samantha, the Hebrew origin of it means God has heard. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So every time (laughs) that someone is calling your name, it's like God has heard you. Okay. (laughs) So what does your name mean? I'm curious what your name means. Oh, wow. Okay. So there's a a funny backstory behind that. So my, my father has a thing for African names and growing up, I remember asking my parents, like, what does my name mean? Because people would ask that all the time. They're like, Makini, like, wow, that's different. What does that mean? And Mm -hmm. my parents always told me that it meant beautiful one. So when people used to ask me, you know, what does Makini mean? I'm like, it means beautiful. And then they'd compliment me and swell my head. But then as I became an adult, (laughs) (laughs) you know, as we become an adult, we start to search because we realize that half the things our parents told us were a lie. And (laughs) when I did my own research, I found out that Makini is Swahili for strength of character. Ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I like that better. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. What did you want to be when you were a little girl? I always wanted to be a judge. And I was like, okay, how do I become a judge? And then I I learned that I had to be a lawyer first. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, so I'll be a lawyer and then I'll be a judge. And it was mainly because I liked, there was a picture of a woman on a share magazine or a share newspaper, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, so common within the West Indian culture in, in Toronto. And there was a woman on the front of the cover, a black woman, 
I don't know how old I was. I'm sure my mom will remember my age, but I told my mom I I liked her and she was like, oh, she's a judge. And I was like, I want to be just like her on the mm. cover of this share paper. And since then, it was something I focused on and I sort of just imagine myself um, being an advocate, helping people, telling stories from the perspective of, you know, a person who is sort of in need of, of help. So that was sort of my goal from a very early age. Mm. Okay, so you decided to pursue law um, because that's the route to be a judge. Do you still want to be a judge or? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think that's necessarily an important goal of mine. I would say mm-hmm. that what's kind of interesting is um, in my journey to becoming a lawyer, I learned my passion has to do with people. So mm-hmm. it's not so much about the law per se, which I did enjoy um, as a career. I learned that I'm passionate about telling stories. So as a lawyer, I would tell stories of my clients and try to persuade and convince the judge or the court or whatever the case may be. And it's interesting how even now, as my career has allowed me to in photography, I'm still able to tell stories, but it's through Mm -hmm. a visual means. Um, So it's interesting what my passion really is or was had to do with people and service. And that's what I feel is still very important to me even. So you know what I think is is really interesting? And usually when I interview women that come on the show, I try and interview women that I already have a connection with, a woman, women that I already follow because I'm inspired by your journey. And mm-hmm. we were connected on social media for a very long time before I actually met you in mm-hmm. person. And yes. When I met you in person, I believe it was at Carlin Priscilla's Sister Talk event, the one on uh, sisterhood. And yes. you were there with your mom, which I think is absolutely beautiful. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we met first at Carlin's event and I saw you with your mom and I thought that was powerful. And then we reconnected when you uh, did a shoot for my children and I, which were absolutely beautiful photos. And it wasn't until another photographer friend of mine who also does international photography Shamayam mm-hmm. when yes. uh, I <laughs> so I brought him here to Toronto to shoot my daughter's portfolio and when he spoke at your workshop at your event mm-hmm. and you were sharing that you also practice law I thought holy crap I've been following you for so long and I had <laughs> no clue <laughs> <laughs> like your your passion for photography is so strong that that was like what I was focused on. I had right. no idea that you were in law. So what inspired? Like we already know what inspired the, the law journey, but share mm-hmm. how that started for you. What was that process like for you getting into law? Okay, so I was I did my undergrad in in the United States. I pursued political science, like a pre-law degree. And I literally, it was funny because like at that time when I was trying to choose my major for university, I wanted to find a way to study photography in addition to pursuing law. This is like, I was 17 or, you know, whenever. (laughs) I can't remember, that was so long (laughs) ago. (laughs) I was like, okay, I want to be a lawyer, but I also love photography. Like I knew for a very long time that I wanted to do something in photography, but I didn't 
really know that it was possible. So I, I pursued the career path that I wanted to pursue from a young age. And I felt like I would be good at it. Math wasn't my thing. So I'm like, okay, let's go into law and see where that takes me. And I was so fortunate to um, study in the U.S. at an HBCU, Go Bulldogs. I went to South Carolina State University. Nice. A lot of people don't even know because I'm Canadian. And then I ended up at an HBCU, Mm -hmm. um, you know, pursuing a pre-law degree. And while I was doing pre-law, I was always sort of inspired by photos and photography, but law was still the focus of my career path. And I studied, did a master's degree, then I also went to law school. And it was always just something I was passionate about, um, especially equal justice, just equality in general, and social issues affecting minorities and um, low-income people. That was always my passion. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, Being a lawyer is not as glamorous as (laughs) television or movies makes you think. Mm -hmm. So my life on social media really focused on my photography journey because that was easy to share online. Photography, you know, it's, it's pretty. There's beautiful things going on. Whereas in law, I was dealing with people who were really down and out, like very serious situations, very stressful, emotional situations that it's not cute. It's not uh, something Mm -hmm. online or to talk about, you know, especially with the confidentiality um, issue. So I didn't get into that as much on social media, but people kind of knew if they were aware of sort of my educational background, Mm -hmm. they saw that I was, was a lawyer, but it wasn't something I promoted per se. Right. Wow. Okay. Like you said, the majority of your passion that you show online is the photography side of it. And I think it's so beautiful how you capture, what I love is how you capture the couples because I'm just a huge lover of love. That's my soft spot. Yes, me too. (laughs) (laughs) But you're like traveling the world, taking pictures of beautiful couples. Like what inspires you the most about what you do? I am definitely inspired by people's stories of perseverance, um, love, I do find that a lot of my couples have very interesting love stories. And mm-hmm. sometimes we don't see that. Once again, social media, it's all about, you know, the beautiful outfits and the beautiful, you know, hair, makeup, all of that. But there's usually a deeper story behind it about how the couple maybe endured long distance or maybe, you know, this is their second love. Maybe they had a rough go the first time they fell in love and now they found someone who truly um, loves them. and. I do find the stories of people's families coming together, people's cultures coming together, especially Mm -hmm. nowadays, you see a lot of people from different countries, different religions falling in love and you see how love, you know, knows no boundaries. And I'm inspired by that. And I do find it interesting to capture it. And I imagine in the future, 20 years, 40 years, who knows down the road um, that the photos will have a very important role in the lives of their children and their great grandchildren. So I do think of what I do as it's about legacy. And I think that's the most inspiring part of it that just keeps me going. I love it. I love it. Like on your website, uh, you have a quote that says, my role as your photographer is to help you tell your story. Mm -hmm. I'm big on people 
telling their story, owning their story, because I believe mm-hmm. that there's so much power in it, not only for ourselves, but for others to help inspire them and to help them to continue along on their journey. So mm-hmm. I almost want to know, like, where did that come from for you, your love mm-hmm. for the storytelling? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. I think for me, so I should mention, I've always been inspired by photos. Um mm-hmm always wanted to know, you know, sort of more of the backstory behind the photo. Sometimes I let my imagination, you know, Mm. more about that story that I'm seeing in a photo. But even just on a personal level, I am, I'm married and my husband and I spent most of our dating life apart. So I was pursuing my education, um, doing my master's, doing law school. And he was also pursuing higher education with his master's. And we spent a lot of time in different countries. I studied, yeah, like, and this was before we were married. So it's usually a time where you're trying to like get to know someone and build a relationship. And we did that remotely, basically. (laughs) phone calls um, yeah, long distance relationships work people take notes take notes yes they do <laughs> they really do and it was really special whenever we we did you know have time together it was special mm-hmm. our photos like so I valued the photos that we had because we weren't together a lot of the time that we were dating right. so it really made me feel like okay this is actually really valuable and I think a lot of my couples are in similar positions because a lot of people really want to pursue their careers. They don't want to necessarily give up their hopes and dreams. And not that there's anything wrong with it if you decide to <laughs> hopes and dreams, but we as women are pursuing our careers, we're pursuing our jobs. And sometimes the relationship that you're in may not fit that. So you find a way to have it all. You find a way, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to travel. I'm going to spend time with my boo. And then I'm going to head back to work, (laughs) back to school because I got to get this done. And I mean, it's so common nowadays. And so I have found that my goal in photography is providing people with images that sort of bring them joy every time they look at them. They're like, oh man, Mm. really special. And it's, it's like a little keepsake to keep you going if you happen to be in a long distance relationship or whatever the case may be, you know, because life is just, that's just how things are going nowadays. I think you are like this beautiful beacon of light to give hope to so many different things. Like you show that long distance relationships can and do work not Mm -hmm. only during the Mm -hmm. dating process but you know once you get married and how Mm -hmm. living in different countries and still pursuing your passion you're not sacrificing and giving up everything that you dreamed of um, Mm -hmm. for this other person where you're still both happy and content and you were able to do that um, separately so that when you do come together that happiness Mm -hmm. is valued and then you also are an example that you don't have to choose just one of your passions. You know, many people mm-hmm. feel like, oh my God, I, I can only do this or I have to only focus on this. You've shown that you can have and be successful at two things. So how do you balance the two with law and photography? Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very much of the mindset that you you don't necessarily have to choose. At this stage now, I am not practicing law mm-hmm. because- my business has literally 
my photography business has taken off to a point where I travel during the week and it wouldn't be possible for me to be sitting in a law firm or, you know, just sort of serving my law clients that way. So I decided Mm -hmm. it just wasn't going to fit. But that, you know, it's interesting because that transition was maybe eight years into running my photography business. I, I didn't just jump. I didn't just take a leap and say, well, the net's going to arrive. Like I (laughs) (laughs) took my time. I saved up my money. I made sure that I was doing things in a way that made sense to me. I didn't necessarily, you know, plan to just take a a leap of faith on my business, which is, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do that and I admire that, but I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally understand. I to have, yeah, I wanted to have myself set up a little bit to where my business was in a good position. And so finding the balance, though, while I was doing both, it was challenging, to be honest. I do think that some aspects of my of my business had to suffer because being a lawyer is a very huge responsibility. So I didn't take it lightly. I gave my all to that job. And I really did have to limit how many jobs I took photography wise. Also limited, I limited the the time that I would dedicate to at that time, my side hustle. I used my weekends, used my evenings, and I tried to juggle both, but balance, it was very, very challenging. I really admire people who find a way to to do it well, but that I wanted to travel more. I didn't want to be at my desk and feel obligated to um, report to my desk on at Monday at 9 a.m. I, <laughs> right. I, I can't do this. So I took I took my legal practice. I'm still licensed to practice law, but I'm not taking legal clients at this time. Mm-hmm. And, and so now I can really do the traveling. I can spend more time with family, which was a challenge trying to run two almost full-time jobs. It felt like, and spend time with family and do things for myself as well. It was, it was nearly impossible to do both. Mm -hmm. That's what I had to do. So you mentioned that, you know, you have a love for traveling and from your beautiful couples photos all over the world, like how much do you get to travel now? So I'm so grateful to have clients who trust me to travel. Um, I, at this time, I think I travel maybe, I, I don't want to say every week cause that's a bit, <laughs> but it feels it seems like that, that way like, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, my bag is like always packed and I would say maybe every other week I'm either flying somewhere in the U S or back to Toronto where I'm originally from. And sometimes I get to do some cool jobs in the Caribbean or in Europe. So it, I would say at least twice a month. And I don't know if road trips count because sometimes I do road trips. It, de- it, it counts as travel. By city. Okay, yeah. well, so <laughs> I would say almost every week <laughs> I'm somewhere, you know, and I always have my bag like halfway packed because I'm like, okay, I'm probably going to have to go somewhere again soon. So no point in unpacking. I'm one of those people. <laughs> like, so you're living the dream. Like you get to travel the world. You get to take beautiful photos of people who are in love. You get to capture moments. You get to help them share their stories. Mm. That's amazing. It is. It's also tiring. <laughs> of course. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes, like when I get back from a trip, I am so tired. And it's, sometimes it's 
it's embarrassing because I'm just like, I I can't do anything. Like I have, usually I get into a routine when I'm home. I'll like go to the gym in the morning and then I'll, you know, like sit down and respond to emails and I have this nice little routine. And then when I travel, which is almost every other week, that whole <laughs> routine goes out the window. And mm-hmm. then like a few days to get back into like my gym routine and like cooking or whatever. And, and then I travel again, it gets all, you know, off track. So I'm still navigating what it's like to be all over the place. And like, in you're a still figuring it out. I am. I am. Yeah. I tell the answers, you know, I think I still love it. I do find now I'm, I'm more selective about the jobs that I, I take. So mm-hmm. traveling, I'm like, okay, all right, how far am I going? Where am I, you know, where am I staying? What flight am I on? I'm not trying to right. fly too late or, you know, like I'm right, right. a lot more selective. And I think that's really important too. Like it's definitely, I love it. I'll, I always love what I do, but you also have to learn to say no when mm-hmm. it serve you um, and, and your priorities. And my priorities right now are family, and of course my clients and luckily I have great clients, so I never have any issues there, but it's important to sort of keep yourself at the top of your to-do list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easily pushed to the side, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I definitely am still working on that. That's a work in progress. Uh, girl, we all are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has it completely figured out. Only God knows the beginning and the end. He, we That's have right. you know, freedom of choice to do things but we're mm-hmm. all still figuring it out. There is no handbook on life that works for every single person. So that kudos so to you. True. <laughs> that is so true. And I, I, I get the question. I'm sure you do too. Like, how do you do it? You know, especially mm-hmm. running a business and for you being a mother as well and being, you know, just pulled in so many different directions. I don't think there's a perfect answer. And I think what works for one person may not work for someone else. So it's really yes. about being you know, finding your own flow and your own way of handling everything. And sometimes things will suffer. Sometimes I'm not eating as healthy as I want to, or I'm not working out as often, or I'm not, you know, getting the things that I love to do done. But it's still something that I, I try to work on every day. You know, it's funny, you know how you mentioned what may work for one person may not work for another. And it's like, I knew that. But it didn't fully sink in until I started my natural hair journey because Ah. I would spend hours watching YouTube videos on girls with natural hair using certain Mm -hmm. products and doing certain styles. And I would spend all this money buying the whole complete hairline of this product, (laughs) that product, and it would not work for my hair. Right, right try to narrow it down to like hair texture okay do we have the same you know mm. my hair is like a mix of 4b and 4c and okay okay but how yes. it's not working for me so I've had to figure it out on my own and I'm realizing Correct. it's just like life like it doesn't yeah. matter you could have the exact same ingredients it doesn't mean it's going to work the exact same way for you that is so true <laughs> I love that you use the natural hair journey <laughs> as an example because that that has been my experience too with my natural hair. I'm like, okay, this product doesn't work for me. And I have products right now in my cabinet that I definitely tried and it didn't work and they're just mm-hmm. sitting, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I definitely agree with you. I do find that we're in an age where people want 
sort of like the quick fix or the quick answer. Yes. Um, the step or the step. microwave generation. Everyone yes. wants the instant results. That's right. And it doesn't work like that because, you know, like we said, it's what works for you may not work for me. So I do feel like a lot of people waiting on that magical, you know, recipe for success. It really mm-hmm. is sticking to just sticking to it and learning as you go along because the that I have could have worked for me in my situation and even one thing I've noticed is that people don't necessarily tell you the whole story so Mm -hmm. going back to say for example the natural hair journey we may see someone using xyz products but then we don't even realize that that company paid them to promote (laughs) yeah yep who knows what what else is going on behind the scenes that may not be, you know, very clear to us as viewers. So that's why I'm like, okay, I love traveling, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of exhaustion. Sometimes, you know, I miss being at home on a weekend with my husband because I'm out mm-hmm. traveling. So there's a lot of things that look great um to you know on the outside but there's a lot of other things going on behind the scenes that you may not know about yeah speaking of so what adversities have you had to experience to get to where you are today you know because people see the success Mm -hmm. story they see the highlight reel on social media and the beautiful Mm -hmm. photos but you know what adversities have you had to deal with to even get to those points okay where do I begin There's a lot. There's a lot of adversity. I think the main one is building a solid team. I think that Mm -hmm. is a challenge. I do believe that to reach the level of success that, you know, a lot of people see online, it takes a team. It takes, Mm -hmm. it's more than just one person being self-made and doing it all on their own. Mm -hmm. I believe in that. It's not possible. So I think for me, a challenge has been finding people that are reliable, that are willing to sort of make uh, the team stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I do feel like I have a way of sort of just, I just love people. Like I I love everyone to Mm -hmm. the point maybe that isn't always wise. And so I like to just, you know, welcome everyone with open arms, but sometimes it doesn't work out. And then I'm sort of stuck trying to like pick up the pieces. So I definitely want to, I don't know. I, I think I want to just have a better understanding of taking the time to vet people out before sort of, in, you know, welcoming them into my team, into my business. I do have a, a solid team now, but it did take some time to get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was a challenge initially. And it still is because... I, I want to build a team that I can depend on and I want to grow that team even more than it is now. So that's been a big one. Has there been any, like outside of the business, has there been any major life adversities that you've had to mm-hmm. overcome to say, you know what, I, I got through that, but I was still able to pursue my business and to be mm-hmm. as successful as I am today? I think on a personal level, it would have to be the going back to the finding balance. So Mm -hmm. um, as a business owner, it's easy to just try to do it all. And I realized I couldn't do it all. Like I needed to have time for myself. I am definitely an independent person, but then at the end of the day, I do need to spend time with 
people who are important to me. I value my family. I value my marriage. What I think I struggled with most was just finding a balance. Even now, it, it's really hard. I don't even know how people do it. Children, <laughs> like children, husband, jaw, like uh, being your own boss. I don't know because <laughs> it's a lot of work. I, it is. I, I listen as I <laughs> don't know. <laughs> I have friends. I have friends who are. I mean, they are just killing it in the mom game. And I'm like, wow, that is a whole nother layer. And so for me, it was, I'm still trying to figure it out. But my whole focus for 2020, which is, I mean, at this point, I think people think 2020 is far away. It isn't. It's, it's not. It's not. Corner. Yes, it is. And I'm already <laughs> bookings for 2020 and bookings for 2021. Yeah, I can't, I need to realize that, okay, I gotta, right now, even before my calendar fills up, I need to mark off the weekends that I will not be working, you right. know what I mean? So, for example, this year, I worked on my birthday, which was a Saturday, no, it was a Friday, but I mean, I love working, so sometimes it doesn't even feel. It's because like, it's your passion, you're passionate about it, so it exactly, doesn't feel like exactly. tough work, like if you had to go into a nine to five. You're excited sure. about it. And the blessings are obviously showing if you're booked like into 2021 right now. Like that's a yes. blessing. And I, there I'm are people so that, blessed. You're right. It's, there are people that are calling themselves photographers and can't get a booking for next weekend. You are booked that's into right. next year. That's, right. that's a I'm beautiful so, blessing. It's a huge blessing. And I, I don't take it for granted. And And what I've learned now is that even though that is a huge blessing, it's, it takes a toll on me emotionally, um, mentally. I, I do get very drained. Like mm -hmm. it's, if I don't take a moment and just say, okay, I'm going to take, you know, a weekend off every month or whatever the case may be. If I don't do that intentionally, I will literally work every single day of the year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. then this year, the biggest challenge for me is, you know, at the halfway mark. So in June, I was like burnt out. I was like, I can't, I'm so tired. I cannot, mm -hmm. I cannot pack my bag one more time. Like I was, I was really, really tired. And I was like, I, I do love my job, but if I don't take a moment to fill my cup up, like, yes, and, and, you know, go for a walk and just like do things that are not always tied to my work. Yes. I'll be better for it. So yeah. next year, and I, I'm, I have to stick to this because- <laughs> I'll hold you accountable. Yes, exactly. I, I have to do this. I have to say, okay, maybe, you know, once a month, I'll take a weekend off. Like I'll, I'll block it off from now. And so if I do receive an, an inquiry for that date, maybe I won't take the job. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> to um, whom much is given, much is required. So although true. it's a beautiful blessing, you know, it, mm -hmm. it comes with a lot. I totally understand that. Absolutely. So have you had any mentors or coaches that have helped you along the way? Um, I have. So being that I was in the academic world for so long, I have three degrees, none in photography, right? So <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> I've had a lot of women in my life who were great lawyers, great mothers, great boss women in their industries. 
And they sort of mentored me, not necessarily in photography, but they mentored me to be a professional, um, to be in service to people and to just be a a boss. Mm -hmm. I can think of a few, you know, what's interesting in the photography world, I had, I didn't really have as much mentorship and support in the photography world. And I, I think that's why now I like to teach workshops and I like to be a mentor to other photographers because I didn't really have that. Um, Mm -hmm. Not that I didn't try to seek it out. I just didn't get a lot of a response, I guess, which is, I don't know why, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't want to speculate, but um, (laughs) I don't know, you know, like why, why was it so hard for me to find a mentor back then? Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. Well, maybe because that was your role now. Like that's what you do. You're a mentor. And usually Mm -hmm. when we're in positions like that, it's, we want to be able to be of service in areas where we needed help because we realized the value of serving and mentoring and teaching because we didn't have that. Exactly. And I mean, I just think about all the things I could have avoided, you know, in terms of how to serve a client, how to run a business, that I could have avoided if I did have someone that I could run things by, you know? So a lot of it was just me teaching myself how to do it. And now I do value being that resource for other photographers and business owners. I want to touch on a few things that you just said, because you have three degrees and Mm -hmm. none in photography, and you didn't (laughs) have any support or mentorship in photography, yet you were able to find success and such continued blessings that you have bookings going into 2021. And you are now mentoring in that field. Like Mm -hmm. that speaks volumes to not only your gift and your passion and, you know, your purpose of helping others to share their stories, but there are people out here that are saying, oh, well, I can't do this because, or I need to go back to school for this because or, I don't have support. Mm-hmm. So I can't, like, there's so many excuses. Yes. But like, hello, three degrees, none in photography, no mentorship yeah. in photography, but there's success for you in there, in that industry. And you're now mentoring that, that speaks volumes to me. Yeah. I mean, I, first of all, thank you. I, I do. You're welcome. A lot of people make excuses. I want to I've always wanted people to know that it's possible. And I do try through, you know, workshops, whatever it is that I do um, with my mentees, I I always try to encourage them to just go out there and do something. So even Mm -hmm. if it's necessarily where you want to be, you have to, you have to just keep moving forward, take action, you know? Yeah. You got to do something. You can't, just be sad or lament the fact that you don't have, I don't have this camera. I don't have this lens. I don't have this client. I don't like, no, but I remember when I started, I took my, my best friend out. I'm like, I'm going to take your picture today. Um, um, I took my brother out. I'm going to take your picture. I took my mom. I took any willing person I got in front of my camera. And I put those photos on Facebook. This is before Instagram became popular, right? So, Mm -hmm. and I was sharing photos that I took and literally they weren't great. I look back and I'm like, these are not great. But at that time I wasn't getting paid. I just put it out there and Mm -hmm. I started getting interest because 
I guess I was showing a passion for it and people were like, oh, these aren't bad. Can you do this event? Can you do my wedding? Can you do my, you know, whatever birthday? And it really just started there. And I, I taught myself through the internet. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I really just started learning from different people that I admired and I had virtual mentors, you know, through the internet and different forums, but it wasn't the traditional mentorship that um, I probably needed at the time, but it didn't stop me. It didn't stop me. And you don't exactly. need it. Exactly. It didn't stop you. And that's, that's the point that I'm on. Like doubt yeah. removes action. Action removes doubt. Like you Correct. took action. Exactly. I did. I really did. That's one thing I can say I did. And I, I tried my best not to compare myself to other people. If I compared my photos to the people that I admired, I would have quit because I was nowhere near there when I started out. But there was, you know, a, a market for, for the people that valued what I was doing, even at the level that I was at starting out. Right. So, Right. I definitely love telling people to just get out, you know, take a picture every day, take a picture every day if you can, and just see where it goes, you know, don't Mm -hmm. yourself, don't put, you know, huge expectations on yourself, just go out there and create. That's what artists do. They create without any inhibitions. So I love that. So, I mean, you're traveling the world, you're married, you're you know, mm-hmm. serving and mentoring and coaching and doing workshops. What does Samantha's self-care routine look like? Mm. I try my best to be at church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's you're laughing, but that's a big deal. <laughs> Listen, I need to sing. I need to praise the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. even, if it's, even if it's just, you know, something as small as, like sometimes I'll watch online if I can't make it. Right. Um, but I do find that that helps to fill me up. And I, I also have a way of, it helps me feel inspired. It helps me realize that I'm serving a higher power. Like, like this is all possible because of the, the Lord that I serve, you know? Right. So I'm really big on praising, giving thanks gratitude. I also like to work out. Um, not really, actually, I'm lying. I don't like, to work <laughs> let me just take that. Back. I don't like to work out. You don't like it, but you know, it's no. good for you, <laughs> but I know I have to do it. So <laughs> let me just reiterate. Um, I, I definitely try to get that in, even if it's just sometimes I'm so lazy and I'm, I'll just do like 30 minutes on the elliptical. To me, that's super lazy because I spent it's still better than nothing it's better than nothing I agree but it's I I spent most of my life as a an athlete so I went to university to play volleyball and so the type of workouts that I I did as an athlete it's not that you know what I mean so I'm like Mm -hmm. shame but at least I I do something from time to time I try to get that in good but yeah those are the main things I try to do for self-care I came across this article in Reader's Digest that basically says that your favorite type of shoe says a lot about your personality. Mm. And it's no secret 
that I love stilettos, hence the brand. I walk in my stilettos. <laughs> you look good in them too, so, by the way. Let me just put that out there. You. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I can't do a 5K run in them like I used to, but you know, I can stand and take a picture and then take them off. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Always have a backup pair. Yes. Flats. I always have my flats in the car. Mm-hmm. So my question to you, Samantha, is mm-hmm. what is your favorite type of shoe? Is it a boot, a running shoe, a wedge, a flip-flop, a pump, a mule? What's your favorite type? I think I really like my sneakers. I do find, though, I do try to dress up from time to time, but chances are I'm in the airport in some sneakers. <laughs> um, I I also... I try to be comfortable as much as mm-hmm. I can. I do suffer from like feet pain, foot pain a lot. So I, I'm like, I try to stay away from things that hurt my feet. Unless I really have to. If I'm dressed up, I'll wear some heels. But I love sneakers. I love Chuck Taylors. I love, you know, anything that keeps me comfortable. Okay. Of the day. Mm-hmm. So sneaker buffs get along with everyone. Sometimes you're an old soul and sometimes you're the life of the party. For sneaker buffs, Mm -hmm. age truly is but a number because you get along with everyone. The sneaker is very versatile, a very open person willing to explore a lot of options and different ideas. They're energetic and ageless. They're really not young or old. They seem to move fluidly through age-specific groups. Mm, that sounds like me <laughs> yeah there you go there you go it really does okay. yeah it really does so before we go to the final segment of the show I want you to tell everyone where they can stay connected with you online okay um so I am always on Instagram so I'll start with that um it's Instagram at Samantha Clark and Clark has an e at the end and I'm also on Facebook Samantha Clark Photography and I have a YouTube channel, which is also Samantha Clark. And my website, which is where I have all my work, my portfolio, and that is samantha-clark.com. Perfect, perfect. So I will have the direct link to all of your socials and your website in the details section under your episode so they don't have to search too far they can just click and connect with you immediately awesome so the final segment of the show is called a walk in wisdom and i just ask you a couple of reflection questions and you answer with whatever comes to mind okay so let's start with name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life i recently read what is it called brand story what is it hmm. called and i just read it but it's um story brand Story brand. What is it? I, I want to give you the exact title. Like, <laughs> I know story brand is in there and it is super powerful and it just changed the way that I view marketing my business from a different perspective. And I love it. It's definitely been powerful for my business. Okay. Uh, what have you become better at saying no to in the last five years? And that could be distractions, invitations, family. I have become better at saying no to certain opportunities. So um, just going back to what we were talking about with finding balance in my life. So instead of filling up every waking moment with work, I have done a better job of just saying no when I realize that I have to pour back into myself and make sure I'm not giving from an empty cup. Mm, That's powerful. Okay. And last question. 
What impact do you want to have on the world? That is amazing. I love that question. I want to change the view of love and family in the greater world. I want to, I want people to see that love knows no bounds and that family is more than just what we may see on television or online, but there's so much more behind the story of individuals and in their lives. That is beautiful. Wow. Samantha, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us. I truly appreciate you. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure to be on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, until next time, subscribe to our newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com. And if you've received value from today's show, share it with a friend that needs to hear Samantha's testimony. Be sure to screenshot this week's episode and tag us on Instagram. You can tag Samantha at, at Samantha Clark. And don't forget the E at the end. Or myself at, at the real McKinney Smith. And send us in your guest suggestions at info at awalkinmystilettos.com. To all my faith walkers out there, continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.